Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this episode, we have a conversation about our fourth distinctive, the way down is the way up. In other words, why is humility so critical in our life as a local church? Why is humility so important that it's one of the distinctives for Gresham Bible Church? I trust you'll find this discussion helpful as we consider and explore the connection between humility and joy in our lives as Christians individually and in our life together as a church. Hey, Gresham Bible Church, for this episode of the podcast, we're going to continue our conversation through our church's distinctives. And when we say our distinctives, those are our values, those things that prayerfully are descriptive of us, but also uh, aspirational too, things that we'll never arrive in, we want to keep growing in. And for this conversation, we are going to focus on our fourth distinctive, and that is the way down is the way up. So I'm going to read it for us in a minute, and then we're going to read and reflect on uh, Philippians 2 about who Christ is and implications for us in the local church. So sound good? All right. Mm -hmm. So we'll just jump to it. So our fourth distinctive, the way down is the way up. Jesus consistently taught that his kingdom was utterly different than this world. He showed us how the least in the kingdom is the greatest, how the humble and broken are the ones who can enter, that those who humble themselves will be exalted and those who exalt themselves will be humbled. We recognize that this teaching can sound nice, but is completely against our original nature and the value systems of this world but we are committed to being a community that grows in humility as we witness the example of Christ's humility and the ex- and experience the transforming benefits of his humility in the gospel. So again, if someone goes to GBC's website, that's our fourth distinctive. Those are words written by people on a website. So take or leave it at some level. So what I want to focus on more is if you mean, we're not going to exegete. The, no, we're not going to exegete okay. something that was written by us. No. Yeah. So let's um, like, that's good stuff, but let's focus on Philippians two and then talk through, think through why it's important in the life of, of our local church. So maybe Todd, would you mind reading Philippians two, one through 11, and then we'll jump in. I can do it. Thanks. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
Thank you. So let's just call out some things. What in and from that text does it tell us about who Jesus Christ is? How's he described there? Well, certainly um, he's being offered as the example, the exemplar, we Mm -hmm. probably would say, of humility. Uh, We are to be like him. So he is modeling for us what what humility looks like Mm -hmm. and then what that looks like in action as well. Yeah. How about, I asked you this a few minutes ago, I'd love to hear us unpack it here too. Is it accurate to say that God is humble? Um, well, uh, so yes, in the sense that J- the Son of God certainly is. Mm-hmm. And, and and the example of Jesus as, uh, and, and as the primary example of humility takes us back to pre-incarnation even. Yeah. So I think we'd have to say yes. Yes. I think I jokingly said when you asked me something like, yes, God is humble. He does not think higher of himself than he ought to. (laughs) Amen. Um, Which is true, right? Um, But this, you know, we're, we're instructed to have this mind among ourselves, which is which is ours now in Christ Jesus. And then the example is given of, of the son of God who, uh, who, you know, well, I, I don't want to just read it again, but, mm-hmm. but he, he did not uh, count equality with God as something to be leveraged for his own mm-hmm. advantage, yeah. was willing to take the, 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 the tough assignment the humiliating assignment of of incarnation and um and then but wasn't done there but it just it just got worse <laughs> at that point right mm-hmm. um taking the form of a servant likeness of man humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross yeah. and 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 then only coming out the other side of that therefore for that reason god has highly exalted him so um yeah, I think we would have to say that that God is is humble. Yes, um, Jesus described Himself as gentle and lowly, mm-hmm. so th- that would be more evidence. Uh, Jesus knew precisely who He was, so He didn't have a false view of Himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but that how how His view of Himself manifested itself. It is is exemplary it is you know is, is that example for us yeah we are to be like him in um in in serving others before thinking of ourselves yeah, i'm not sure we should ever tire of this passage right yeah. focusing yeah. on how amazing um jesus christ is in these ways so this sermon was preached. You preached it, brother, in this, um, I know we're not supposed to date these, but in the summer of uh, 2023, but we wanted to have these conversations in the podcast about our distinctives to kind of flesh it out a little bit. Like why a distinctive in the life of our local church? Like, why does that matter? How does it play out? What's it look like, feel like, sound like all that kind of stuff. So um, let's go there. And just like the passage, it kind of plays off of itself, right? Mm-hmm. Paul calls them to, um, you know, live in humility, not to count others more significant than yourselves. Then he gives a reason. And the reason is Jesus Sunday school answer always that's true. (laughs) Uh, so let's just kind of unpack it a little bit. Like why is humility key to the life of the local church? 
and maybe why. And I know that's probably like we could talk for hours and hours. I have a few things written down here, but I just kind of wanted to just bounce it around together. Why is humility central in the life of a local church? Like what are just some things that come to mind for you guys? Well, it, it needs to be central um, because it is the gospel more than anything else that, that unites us, that, mm-hmm. that that's what brings us together. And what that means, though, is that it doesn't come, that, that our, our unity doesn't come naturally. Um, I, the, the world is pretty good at duplicating in a, uh, in a second-rate way uh, unity around things mm-hmm. like common interests or clubs or something like that. Um, what the world can't duplicate is the kind of unity that we have in the church, Amen. which is uh, uh, male and female, young and old, um, all ethnicities, mm-hmm. uh, all different kind of of. Uh, interests in terms of like hobbies and you know there's a bazillion different special interests that we would have i'm not talking about sinful ones or anything like that um if 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 the church united around that then we wouldn't be any better than the world and we wouldn't be any better at it than the world and the world isn't really particularly good at it anyway Mm um so we we need humility We, we we have to be willing to consider the needs of others as more important than our own um, to so that this thing will work yeah. and there, there's nothing in us that would suggest that we could actually do this which is why Paul goes right to Jesus and and he says you can do this because our Lord Jesus Christ did it we are not greater than our master. We're not asked to do things that he was unable to do or that were greater than things that he did. Mm-hmm. He, he did this. And then we're told also yeah. that this mind is, is actually ours in Christ Jesus. So it, it's, we're not left to our own devices. We can do it, but, but it is a, but, but again, it doesn't come naturally for us. And so, yes. um, it, it's it, it's a vital importance. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about it as well. Um, I'll uh, share this in the conversation if people want to read it on their own or check it out. Really helpful book. Some of the staff read recently uh, called Humility, The Joy of Self-Forgetfulness by Gavin Ortland. And um, he does a great job connecting the Philippians 2 passage uh, to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, right? Where Jesus Christ, the author of our faith, went to the to the cross for the joy set before him. So he draws out the connection between humility and joy. He even describes it. uh, Humility is self-forgetfulness leading to joy. So thinking about the life of the local church, humility is like the pathway or the doorway that we live into the joy of Christ as um, he's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's Mm -hmm. a chief shepherd of his church. So like humility and joy play together Mm -hmm. and how that actually informs how we're even to function in the life of the church. Otherwise, to your point, Todd, we're just a worse copy of what the world has to offer of some affinity group, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it's not that. So uh, just thinking about if we don't have humility in the life of the local church, I don't think we're a church, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I would say, I mean, you have to have humility 
for salvation even before Amen. unity and humility within the church of, you know, if Jesus, who is God, doesn't humble himself to be how my college theology professor always put it, uh, a little baby who allowed his butt to be wiped by a 15-year-old mother. Like he has to humble himself to do that when he created the universe and then he humbles himself to be a servant, not a conquering king that's demanding praise and adulation from all people, humbles himself to be betrayed, arrested, put on a phony trial, beaten, taken to the cross, crucified in the most humiliating way, um, probably not clothed while he's up there and, you know, you can't even recognize his face anymore. He's so beaten. He's humbling himself to do all that. And all of that is to bring us the forgiveness of our sins, right? And then for us, we cannot be saved unless we humble ourselves and admit, I can't do this on my own. Yeah, there are no uh, proud that, repenters. Exactly. Are there? Yeah, there's yeah. no such thing, right? Yeah. you. It, it And in our Western culture, that's so contradictory where it's pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You put your mind to it. You can accomplish anything. You can, you work hard enough. You're smart enough. You can, you know, you, you can be the cream of the crop. And the whole point of Christianity is you are nothing without Jesus. And so, you know, humility has to be the first step of recognizing I need to be forgiven for my sins. These sins need to be paid for. And I am not the one to do it. So already you're putting yourself in a, a subservient position to the only one who can save us. And so if we start that place of we're doing that for forgiveness of sins and the hope of eternity, why would that not then carry over in all that we do, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's such a, a, a fascinating and unfortunate dichotomy of that we humble ourselves for forgiveness and then pride is still so prevalent in us and and within our churches and church leaders and stuff like that. And it's like, no, as you said, Todd, being in Christ, we have this new mindset and, but we're still fighting against that mindset so much, but yeah, humility should mark us because that's, that's the entry into the church is to, to have a humble spirit. Yeah. I would submit in the conversation, probably everyone listening to this would be like, yes. And amen. And yet, unfortunately, maybe um, some even in, I know in the life of our church have experienced otherwise yeah. in the life of the local church. For and sure. that's because we're all sinners. God doesn't use perfect people because there's no such thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's sad in the church. Sometimes people experience more false humility or pride from leadership or one another's than what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um I want to just ask you guys, I know this, we could say a lot of different things, but you know, we're, we're speaking about something that can feel conceptual, but I've never tasted that. I've never lived that before. What do you think are some of those things in us or in the world around us that the, the church I'll say broadly speaking says, yeah, we should be a people marked by humility, but that's not always the case. Is there anything more specific, uh, that would tempt the church? I guess I'm leading question about maybe why that isn't the case as much now as, or maybe it's always been the same. I don't know, but it feels like this conversation about humility is particularly needed in our cultural moment. Why? Yeah. I mean, I think for us, the three of us sitting here who are leaders in the church and get to teach and preach and all that, I mean, like, it's even hard of like, you want to preach a good sermon Mm -hmm. and want people to tell you good job because 
hopefully it's not because we want them to think, oh, I'm the best guy around or whatever, but because like we exegeted the text well and it, it the the people got something out of it. But I mean, even that is hard of like, what are your, mo- you can have such wrong motives for teaching and, 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 or stacking chairs in church if you're on the operations team or whatever to get an attaboy and a pat on the back. And I think it's because the praise of man is right there tangible in front of us. And everybody likes to be told good job. I mean, we we hope that God tells us, well done, good and faithful servant, right? That's the thing we all want to hear when we enter the gates. Um, but I think it's something about it being right there in front of you, something that the world has propped up as what we need. Um, mm-hmm. And and the more praise you're getting, the more fans you have, the more likes you have on social media or whatever means the greater person you are. And so to combat against that of, I'm doing this not for my own glory, but for the glory of God, Mm-hmm. Again, it's just going against that sinful nature that we have. And so we, mm-hmm. we have to battle against it. And I think what happens with church leaders who lose that is that, it, it, yeah, it's nice to to have people really love you and enjoy you and tell nice things about you. And the not, I'm not saying like all mega pastors or whatever have this no, no, no. the yeah, wrong yeah. way, but you know, if, you know, you're also selling millions of books and you're a hot commodity to speak at conferences and stuff all the time. And they fly in private jets or whatever. Uh, Todd would be the closest uh, amongst the three of us who have done that. Uh, <laughs> His Learjet is parked oh, right outside. Yeah, Let the listener yeah. understand. But, yes. uh, <laughs> but I, I, Todd is a very humble man at uh, church, but I, I think it can start to get to you of, yeah, just the materialism and the the praise that comes with that, that if you're not constantly deflecting that for the real reason, I, I think it yeah. maybe is a slippery slope of it starts to take over. I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like it's something real in the life of the local church um, in the day and age in which we live, especially, you know, in America and here in the West, there's just something like pervasive or in the air that tells us otherwise, or like we're supposed to just give a scent to Philippians two mm. and this distinctive, but if you're really going to make an impact and if you're really going to matter, I don't yeah. know, there's just something that's there um, hmm. in, in my heart too. And outside of us, uh, yeah. I want to read a quote real quick uh, from the book I referred to. Um, stuck out to me. Hopefully it helps others. Uh, in this section of the book, he's talking about humility among among peers in the section, make the glory of Christ your chief aim. He quotes Corey Ten Boom and listen to what she said. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday on the back of a donkey and everyone was waving palm branches and throwing garments onto the road and singing praises, do you think that for one moment it ever entered into the head of that donkey that any of that was for him? (laughs) If I can be the donkey on which Jesus Christ rides in his glory, I give him all the praise and all the honor. And then he goes on to expound on it. And Ortland writes, it is so much more wonderful to serve the cause of Jesus than our own. Pursuing our own glory is pathetic and boring, but seeking the glory (laughs) of Jesus Christ is the most thrilling, enthralling adventure you could ever spend your life on. I have that highlighted uh, in the book. I loved that. Yeah. Amen. Did the donkey think I'm awesome? <laughs> we, need to, we need to sell merchandise or something that says like, I'm Jesus's donkey or I'm the donkey of the church. And uh, there you go. Yeah. Let's see if that catches on like a WWJD bracelet. Uh, that's great. Okay. So we've been kind of general. 
How would you guys speak to this personally, pastorally? How and why does humility matter in the life of the local church? I'll give one practical example, then you take and run with it. Um, giving and receiving criticism. Mm. That helping one another, giving loving, godly, accurate, clear feedback is important in our lives as humans, right? Even in the life of the local church. But I think think especially so. I'm I'm learning more and more in this role, right? As a staff elder, <laughs> vocational elder, there's um a danger field in how my heart hears or receives criticism. Mm -hmm. And if we're not living from a place of Christ-centered humility, then it's easy to either um, let even loving with positive intent criticism get inside of me, right? Because I'm prideful and I'm self-righteous uh, or just to dismiss it. Mm -hmm. But only when I'm walking in a path of humility, empowered by the spirit, eyes on Jesus, can I, um, someone told this to me that criticism should be like bubble gum. You chew on it for a little bit and then you spit it out, right? <laughs> so you take what's needed and good, right? Because criticism good. None of us are yeah. perfect. It, I need it. Yeah. We need it. And though it can take you to unhealthy places if you swallow it. Mm. And so you chew it for a while and you spit it out. And I've just been reflecting on that and humility, like the path of humility is the only way to live into who we're called to be as the church that matches the pages of scripture, who each of us who are elders, overseers, deacons in leadership positions, if we're going to be in alignment with what scripture calls us to be, like the rubber meets the road, it's humility or not. So mm. yeah. Thoughts for you guys in a leadership role or in the life of one anothering of members in the local church, how and why is humility important? Or think about it this way from a thought experiment. What if you sucked all the humility out of the room? Mm. Then what would it look like, feel like? Well, I think um, a, a, couple, a couple more practical things for us, um, like, like when it comes to uh, the, the songs that we sing in, in worship. Uh, you've heard stories of worship wars. Uh, most people really like their songs mm -hmm. and it's harder to be patient with other people's songs. And the, the worship service itself is a great place to show humility mm. where you're looking not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. That's good. And, and, and maybe the songs that are selected are not your favorite on one particular Sunday, um, but they are somebody's mm -hmm. and, and it's just a great place to show humility mm. and, and to serve other people by by participating and singing loud, um, and you know, I I, th I think that would be one one thing. That's great. Um, mm -hmm. per perhaps an, another place where it's just vital to the life of the church is is um, being willing to inconvenience yourself for for other people. Um, I'll, I'll speak to my prior church experience because it was the most um, vivid in my own mind right now because, you know, I've, I've mentioned before that my wife had cancer and um, the, the church inconvenienced itself uh, for me. And what, and so I'll just say, I, I say this about Gresham Bible. I look out at Gresham Bible and I see 
people every Sunday who are dying to self for the sake of other people. Mm, um, and I mean, you, you see it when you're standing mm -hmm. up there in front of everybody. Um, that is such a, a vivid, vivid Christ-like example that it is, it is a privilege. And it, well, I'll complete that thought. It, it, it is a privilege to be a part of Gresham Bible Church. It is a privilege to preach to people whose lives are preaching to me mm -hmm. when I look at them, right? How important is that? Well, to go back to my previous thought um the 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 care that people showed for us and and the, and the genuine concern when it was not convenient mm -hmm. at all um and I, I you know i was writing thank you notes all the time to to people in our church and and i got to the point where i just couldn't think of anything better to say than just every time i said i've never been more convinced that jesus got up from the dead mm -hmm. than you showing up at my doorstep with yet another meal mm -hmm. uh, wow. for us and uh that doesn't come naturally for us given our battles with the flesh. Um, but boy, what a, but, but it is a Christ-like thing mm -hmm. to consider the needs of others as more important than yourselves. And that's, that's what makes the church from a very human standpoint functional, right? It's Amen. of, yes, it is absolutely the spirit who, who does it, but the spirit works in and through us and the spirit finds easy work or easier work when he's working through humble people. Mm -hmm. And of course the spirit is the one who makes us humble as well, but, but sure. we still make those choices, yeah. right? We, we never shift into like automatic pilot. It, it is a daily dying to self. Yes. And, and again, I, I see that aggression Bible all the time. It, it is just vivid in front of me. And that is so deeply encouraging. Amen. Yeah. Amen, brother. It adorns the gospel. It's mm -hmm. a blessing to be a member of this church, to receive the love and the care of so many humble saints and see how that's displayed in their lives. Um, thinking about our conversation, I was just thinking how thankful and grateful and blessed I am to be a member of this church where, um, yeah, we all will never be humble, right? If you say, I'm pretty humble. Ah, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but to see this actually expressed and lived out in yeah. real tangible ways, like, man, praise God. Uh, mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Um, how about, let's say, in the life of the local church, how members uh, care for one another, right? The one another in the New Testament speaks to, maybe I'm making too big a case. So I wanted to give you my thesis and you guys can agree or poke <laughs> holes in it. The other one anotherings that scripture calls us to, to love one another, pray for one another, et cetera, et cetera. They wouldn't really like be a thing if humility wasn't infusing those things underneath those things, yeah. like just thoughts on that real over-exaggeration. What do you think? I think it's a good thesis. Okay. <laughs> I think there's probably good proof that would back that up. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you, I like how you put it. The inconveniencing yourself is really a sign of humility. And yeah, GBC rocks at that. Uh, it's always amazing to hear on Sundays that you, you ask someone how their week was or whatever, and they'll mention that so-and-so came over to bring them a meal or to have them to their house. You know, it's like, I just want to know how your week was. And I hear about three or four different stories of how the church is one anothering each other that I had no idea. And it's like so cool to hear that. Or um, just thinking about how many servants we have at GBC. Most statistics say that 20% of the people do 80% of the work at churches. Mm -hmm. And we are 
demolishing that in a good way against <laughs> that percentages because it's like 80 to 90 percent of the church serve and even those 10 percent that maybe aren't doing something on sunday mornings or whatever are finding other ways to serve too i mean it it's it's a weird rare breed of what's happening at gbc and it, it comes from a desire of I think to, yeah, to just love the people around us and recognize mm -hmm. that each person that's there, whether from a baby to the senior adults in our church have value and are important and need yeah. to be loved. And the ministry that's happening to those who aren't even a part of GBC, there's a lot of people involved in things in the community or ministering to Dexter. Whenever we ask to do something at Dexter, I mean, that, that, spots are lined up to bring meals or buy gifts for Christmas or whatever it is so fast yeah. because yeah, it, again, just thinking of it. Yeah. It, what a good sign then, man, I guess Jesus really did come back from the dead. I, I mean, really that is Todd. like, why Amen. would all of these people be doing that unless something has radically changed them from how <laughs> the rest of the world is? Yep. Yep. Yeah, just thinking about all of our church distinctives, values, whatever language you want to put to it. But like they can be assumed if we don't actually value them and seek to live into them and pray about it for ourselves and for our church. And I'm so thankful that, um, yeah, in full candor, this conversation is one. Thank you, God, for your work in our church that Absolutely. this is on display yeah. and excel still more in it um, is amazing. How about we'll move towards a close here in a minute. Uh, but how would you guys help maybe a newer believer in Christ or someone that the Holy Spirit's starting to convict, convince them to grow further in humility, right? Just what counsel, encouragement would you give to a brother and sister in Christ that is really wanting to grow in humility? I say that with understanding that can sound like a life hack. That's not where I'm coming <laughs> from. But like, how would you help someone grow in humility? Yeah. Uh, so so two things, one practical, one theological. Yep. Um you don't grow in humility by thinking poorly of yourself. Yes. Um, uh, so don't 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 focus necessarily on on uh, my own shortcomings or that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Uh, uh, you know, a, a, a sober appreciation of who you are is is is, is probably sufficient. Um, but but focus instead on on uh, on the majesty of God, the creator creature distinction. Um, and, and then even this passage in Philippians, there's a reason why Paul went straight to the incarnation when he wanted to encourage humility. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and we are certainly not better than our Lord. And if he could humble himself, we certainly can too. Um, and then practically, so, so like, don't just think down of yourself. A, 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 a humble person does not think poorly of himself. A humble person doesn't think about himself. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Um, so, so, so get off yourself, get off yourself and practically serve other people. Yeah. Just, just do something for other people and even inconvenience yourself to do it. Um, I, I think practically that's, that's how you grow in humility because I, I, <laughs> Paul's, Paul's, purpose in Philippians 2 was not to just get a bunch of people thinking poorly of themselves. His purpose <laughs> was to build unity in the church that was going to be, that, that was going to be affected or, or I should say effected, brought, brought into being um, through, 
through people looking to the interests of others. Mm-hmm. He, he assumes we'll look to our own, right? He, he didn't have to instruct us on that, uh, but look to the uh, look to the interests of others. Consider other people's needs as more important than your own. You can only do that it, it, so through through action. Um, it's not a thought experiment, right? The, the the purpose was to get people serving others. Yeah. So so I, I think that's the path to humility. Amen. Think that's about good. Jesus, serve other people. I love it. To build on that, uh, I think another part of humility is we need to be willing to let other people inconvenience themselves for us. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times we can read this passage and think, how can I help others? How can I help mm-hmm. others? And sometimes being humble is to admit, I can't do this. I need help. Mm-hmm. And um, I I absolutely struggle with that. You're um, convicting me right now. Oh, Thanks. Yeah. 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 Well, and especially I think people who are in higher leadership roles or you and I, Mike, being full-time staff, there are a lot of things that I do because I'm like, well, you know, technically I'm being paid for this. And so I, I don't want to inconvenience my <laughs> youth leaders to help with this or whatever. It's like, no, they're, they want to. Like they, yeah. it brings them joy. And so it's like I'm – I, I, I'm being prideful in some way of, of like, Oh, I, I need to be the one to do it. And I'm, I'm not giving them the joy that could get from them wanting yeah. to be servants. And so I, I tell our students all the time, whatever thing, whatever thing you're struggling with or is an issue in your life that you think you are the only one, there's at least one other person, mm-hmm. probably like five or six that are in the same boat. And so being humble enough to talk about, even our sins and our struggles in life, that's hard to do. You have to humble yourself, not to think poorly of yourself, but Mm -hmm. to say, this is not what I want to be. This is not how it should be. And I want you to be a part of Mm -hmm. the life together aspect of this. So I think we need to humble ourselves to say, I need help. I can't do this and, and allow our church to inconvenience themselves on our behalf because we want to, we see it displayed over and over again. And you're probably someone who's like, well, I don't, I don't want to ask for help. I'm guessing if you're thinking that you're a person that helps other people, it's okay to take some help back. This is not, we're not tallying up at the end of the day of who did more helping than others. But, um, we, yeah, I think we might be missing out on opportunities to see real good gospel centered ministry take place because we, we keep it to ourselves. That's really helpful, Jordan. I appreciate you bringing that up. And, um, it's like, you're perfectly teeing up the next, uh, distinctive of life together too. these two (laughs) things play together. No, that's great. Um, as we move to a close, as I've just been reflecting on this distinctive preparing for our conversation, I don't want to assume the joy aspect of it. I said it earlier. Philippians two is in a book that we know is a book all about joy Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. your word taught. Amen. Like humility can feel like, oh, it's just like navel gazing or woe is me. I want to push against that and encourage us as a church to pursue joy by pursuing humility and they go mm-hmm. together. That That's mm-hmm. biblical. Um, and again, the book I referenced earlier, Humility by Gavin Ortland, towards the end, he kind of makes this point. I kind of want to leave us with this. And I, I hope GBC, as you hear this conversation, that you'll be praying for yourself, praying for the other members of GBC, praying for the leadership of GBC to continue to grow in Christ-like humility. And as we grow in Christ-like humility, humility we're going to experience that Christ-like joy and what a beautiful thing we should want um, Mm -hmm. for our church. So uh, let me just read this to you. He's going to reference two old saints and then kind of apply it. So humility is inherently cheerful and uplifting. I love how Augustine put it. He writes, 
there is nothing or there is something in humility which, strangely enough, exalts the heart and something in pride which debases it. Mm. And what a beautiful picture as we want to seek to grow in humility. And then he writes, similarly, Jonathan Edwards claimed that humility tends, quote, to the purity of Christian feeling and is the source of some of the sweetest exercises of Christian experience. Exactly, Todd, what you shared. Mm-hmm. It's proof that Christ rose from the dead with how you've been served. And uh, then he, he writes this. It's as though there are certain Christian experiences of loveliness and contentment that can be accessed only by humility, territory territories of joy we have not yet even imagined to which humility is the only possible pathway. I thought that was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want a life like that and a life together as a local church like that of that kind of joy? And that means we have to be on the path of Christ-like humility. Just, um, yeah, I want to leave us with that. Maybe that's just for me. But that's when good. I read that, that is just just it's a great out. book. It is a good book. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about our fourth distinctive, uh, as we always say, if this brings up any questions, comments, further discussion, would absolutely love to hang out with you, Jordan, Todd, me, all of us, hear what you have to say about this discussion. And uh, of course, you can talk to us at church on a Sunday, reach out or reach out to me at mike at greshambible.org. So until next time, Gresham Bible Church, love you. Love you.